Hi, I'm Brian Buckhalter, NCSM Awards Chairman, and welcome to Learning with Leaders. We're all math people. Thank you for joining me and my co-host, Katie Arrington, NCSM President-Elect, as we talk with bold leaders and influencers about their math journeys and contributions. Today, we will hear from our special guest about their inspiration, perceptions, and insights about instructional decisions that make mathematics welcoming and engaging to a broad audience. Listen and learn about how beliefs, practices, and policies must continue to advance to ensure that each and every person sees themselves as a capable and powerful mathematical thinker. Hello, listeners. I'm Katie Arrington. Welcome to the NCSM podcast, Learning with Leaders. Continuing our series, We're All Math People, today's episode is a chat with our special guest, Dr. Latifa Edeen. Associate Professor of Mathematics Education in the Bagwell College of Education at Kennesaw State University in Georgia. Dr. Adeen earned her doctorate in curriculum instruction and teacher education from Michigan State University with focus in mathematics, education, and urban education. She is a co-author of the book, Middle School Mathematics, Lessons to Explore, Understand, and Respond to Social Injustice. And the upcoming book, entitled Disrupting Injustice, Navigating Critical Moments in the Classroom. Additionally, she's written several articles and book chapters that examine students' perspectives on their experiences in mathematics classrooms and the ways to support educators in hearing and developing practice in relation to students' expressed interests. She investigates social justice pedagogies and culturally responsive instructional practices that promotes student-teacher relationships, affirms mathematics identities, and cultivates belongingness to support students' learning experiences in mathematics classrooms. Her work reflects her passion for creating equitable learning environments for students from underrepresented backgrounds in mathematics classrooms. Welcome to the show, Dr. Adeen. Thank you so much for being here. We are so excited to talk with you and hear about your work. Yes, yeah, we are so excited. How are you today, by the way? I'm doing amazing. I am so happy to be alongside you all this evening. Um, I'm excited for the conversation. I'm doing really well. Thanks for asking. And thank you all so much for having me on. I've in, ad, admired the work that you all do on the podcast series. So I'm so proud to be a part of it. Well, thank you. Well, Katie and I have been looking forward to this. Uh, I think we both do a little Michael Jackson fanboy slash fangirl <laughs> out. Uh, we'll talk about you. Yeah, so. Thank you so uh, much. The feelings uh, are mutual. The feelings are mutual. <laughs> oh, thanks. Well, although Katie gave us a little insight into your current work, uh, share with our listeners a little, if you will, about your journeys in teaching that have led to your current contributions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always love to share the story of my very first classroom. I started my very first teaching job in the spring semester after my students had five substitute teachers in the fall semester. So I came in fresh out of college, really eager, had my lesson plan ready to go and was hit with things that were very different than what I thought I would experience in the classroom. So it was that experience over time that had me realize the importance of prioritizing student-teacher relationships in the classroom, pausing to listen to and with my students in that space. And while that experience was extremely challenging, it was 
probably the most rewarding professional and personal moments um, of my life, honestly. It impacts not only how I engage with teachers, but it definitely impacts how I engage with my pre-service teachers in the classroom and every classroom that I work, work alongside. Um, I am I stand on the shoulders of giants in this field, um, from Bob Moses to Dr. Ladson Billings to I'm inspired by Bell Hooks as well. Um, the work that they do, I am honored to be inspired by that work. And it really gives me hope um, into the idea of what does it really look like to advocate for equitable instruction um, in the mathematics classroom as it pertains to engaging with communities and empowering students and all those great things. So it is an honor every time um, I begin to think about this work and do this work. Thank you so much, Dr. Dean. I'm so excited to hear more about um, your thoughts about this. Mm -hmm. I know you shared some of those with us last year at the annual conference as the 2022 K. Gilliland Equity Lecture Awardee. Um, you gave a resounding presentation on supporting teachers who want to teach for social justice. Um, how was that experience for you? And what do you hope that the attendees took away from your session from last year? That was such a surreal moment for me. Um, uh, Kay's work is just amazing, the ways in which she really supported underrepresented um, students in mathematics. So it was an honor to really receive such a prestigious award. I cannot thank NCSM enough for that, um, not only opportunity, but that uh, recipient to be that award. Um, I was really inspired by um, and continue to be inspired by educational leaders and teachers who really want to learn more about what does it look like to teach mathematics for social justice particularly in today's climate. I think so often, you know, depending on what avenues you're looking at, um, you see so much resistance and it's like, okay, what do teachers really want to do? So that space, I'm just reminded of how um, intriguing and hopeful and curious these teachers are to really learn what does it mean to really teach math or social justice. Um, my hope is that they really walked away with this idea of this work is not easy, it's layered work, and it certainly requires um, emotional and content support. And that emotional support is not only for the students, but also the teachers and the math leaders who are engaging with these teachers. What does that look like? Um, as well as finding your community, not only within school, but also outside of school, whether it's a resource or a community online. Um, is really, really important. And, and as well as, I know I can feel over-consuming, but it's also how can I take a piece of this kind of grandiose issue and kind of work it uh, small, small amounts of the time. So I'm hoping those are a few of the takeaways um, from the session for sure. Yes, um, I was there in the session. Um, <laughs> I, I got to be a part of that moment. Uh, I think you you hit on just how timely uh, this guidance is from you. Um, and you really hit on one thing that I really took away from your presentation last year was the boldness that it also takes um, to lead this type of work and to support uh, our teachers who are looking to teach math for social justice. And um, I, I could almost feel this collective sigh of relief in the room. Mm -hmm. As you started to talk and people started to realize, okay, not only is this doable, but this is a, a non-negotiable um, mm -hmm. at this point where we are. And you were just so um, humble uh, with your guidance that, I mean, we just, we soaked it up. I, I hope you felt the love. Yeah, uh, we were vibing in there, Brian. Like we really were like, 
it, I kind of started conversations, but then I became a facilitator of conversations and they had these small group conversations. And I definitely had opportunities where people can share something that I may have missed. So I really felt like it just felt so a sense of community. And mind you, it was an hour presentation, right? And I think that sense of community is something that not only, you know, the scholars I stand on and and, and love and admire say is needed to do this work, but to be in spaces. Because I think a lot of the times we feel so alone and isolated, particularly teachers, right? When you close that door, like it's just you and your babies. So that that, that space, and, and as well as other things that NCSM does, provides a sense of community that is so important um, to call people in, not call people out, right? Who want Because mistakes could possibly be made. So I think that's something that's really, really important for us to really think about um, how we're supporting us individually to grow as we do this work because I'm not an I'm not that much of an expert in this work right like I'm still learning it's an ongoing journey that's going to take a while we're all trying to figure this out together and I think that's when you make the most um powerful impact is when you're you're not walking on this journey alone and that's something that I really felt in that room listen pass the offering plate it's time I mean, you're preaching there. Call people out, not call people in, not call people out. Like, come on now, guys. We're all in with that. All in. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, we are super excited uh, that you are joining us again as a presenter at this year's annual conference in Washington, D.C., October 29th through the 31st. So having attended last year's conference, uh, what are you looking forward to this year? And can you give our listeners a little teaser on what you will be sharing with us this year? Yes, I'm so excited to join you all again another year. I'm really obsessed with like themes of conferences and the ways in which those themes show up, not only in sessions, but like in the space itself. Um, Mm -hmm. So this theme of stories of bold math leadership, I hone in on the word stories because stories can just be so powerful and successful stories are struggles, right? I think stories don't always have to shine bright and be rainbows and unicorns, as I like to say. So I'm really just intrigued to just learn more about the stories of advocacy and really ways in which we can make um, these spaces, um, particularly classrooms, more equitable and accessible um, for not only teachers, but also our, our, our students who we truly care about. Um, so I'm also going to build a little bit on what we've talked about um, last year in the session. Um, we have so many new resources um, out there as it pertains to um, lesson plan, ready-made lesson plans that really help us think about doing this work. And I find that when I work with in classroom teachers and I, you know, we work through these lesson plans, it's really big and grandiose and then get a little lost in it. So my goal is to really have a conversation or really share stories of teachers who really kind of took a little bit of maybe a full lesson plan and really build upon that because they're really nervous of doing it holistically. And again, it's not stripping away the importance of doing it holistically. It's just the start of. So they have to start somewhere. So I just hope to really share um, some of the stories that I've learned from doing this work with um, practicing teachers of like, what does it really look like and feel like to take little bits of such a big pie, eventually knowing eventually we want to consume that pie. But because of where we are, we have to kind of meet teachers where we are. And sometimes it is these kind of micro things that we can really do in the classroom to really implement culturally responsive or culturally relevant uh, teaching. We are so excited to not only hear your stories at the conference, but hear so many stories from so many educators, so many bold leaders in math education. I Like, I just can't wait. You said, you know, 
you're obsessed with themes and we're really excited about the Washington DC theme because we will get to hear um, you know, the, the meaningful moments from so many educators and educational leaders. Um, so I wanna turn to just giving a little snippet of a story from you. Um, what, is there a story that you can tell us about a moment or um, a time where you felt really assured that this work is having impact, that you're um, impacting uh, the lives of educators and students? Yeah, I think one thing that I try to stress is that this is not perfect work and it's not easy work. So I'm not expecting you, when I do check back in with teachers, um, to have, oh, this went so well. So I think what brings me the most um, excitement, and I'm not saying this in a way that it may sound a little odd, but when, in, when teachers share their struggles and we talk about ways which we can pivot to really think about how could we build upon, maybe you had this intention, but it had this impact, right? So how, what are ways we can really think about pivoting? Um, I get a ton of emails and again, I'm so excited about the successes, but small or large and grandiose, right? Given whatever your goal was. But I think what really gets me really excited is when not only they identify a struggle, we talk about ways which they can work through that struggle. And I check back in and they're like, oh my gosh, right? Um, it had this type of change or this type of impact. And I don't want to make it seem like it's a, I'm going to do this income. So my outcome is going to be always big and grandiose. I'm not trying to sell that at all. I think that's very simplistic. And this work is so complex and so layered. But I think we also want to not forget the small micro moments that exist in doing this work and make and celebrate those and then build upon those to really have more grandiose kind of effect and impact. So I smile every time I get those emails. Um, I smile every time they send me pictures and visuals of their work um, because I know it's teachers out there that are doing the work. And I think one of the things I promised my students when I left the K through 12 classroom is that I would then support teachers who choose to stay in the classroom. And that is one space that is very difficult to make that choice, but I'm so um, honored that I'm able to share in, in, in the same space of teachers who really wanna to continue to do the work on the K through 12 level. That resonates so strongly with me. You don't have to be perfect. We're never get. none of us are going to be perfect. We're all going to continue learning. But that's the thing is, are you in the work? Yes. Are you, are you working it, right? Like, are you calling people in and really making that difference for yourself and for your students? Absolutely. And it's not easy. It's not easy. No, I don't want to feel like it is easy, but I think part of it is, we talked about community earlier, providing a space where you're able to, um, like you said, have that mindset and work with, uh, with other individuals who have a similar mindset. So I'm glad we're on the same page as far as that, for sure. Um, I want to ask one thing before uh, I get to one of my favorite questions. So, you know, I hear you, uh, express or share uh, your gratitude and people reaching out and saying, here's what happened as a result of our work. You know, mm -hmm. you may be helping to fill a lot of people's buckets. Mm -hmm. How do you keep your bucket filled? Mm, you're amazing. Um, family and friends. I I love my family. I love my support system. Um, they keep me going. They say, okay, Latifa, let's close the computer. You know, let's be fully yeah. present. <laughs> um, and that's very difficult in the work that we do because it's so much right. work to be done. Um, traveling fills my bucket as well. Um, but I think just really always making sure I'm surrounding myself by those um, 
who not only support me, but challenge me um, mm-hmm. in making sure I really kind of stay. Um, I think when I do step away, I come back so much more refreshed to do more of this work. And I think so often we get so bogged down in trying to handle all the to-do list items. Um, to re- I really, I'm very intentional on who I surround myself with and they fill my cup because as we know, we cannot pour from an empty cup. And that's something that's so, 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 so important. Um, and I just want to take a moment to just thank those individuals in my life who are um, impacting me in this way, because they definitely fuel me, as well as the teachers and the students that I know and don't know. Um, but those individuals know exactly who they are, and I just cannot thank them enough. <laughs> and on behalf of the rest of us, thank you, individuals, for <laughs> Dr. Edine's cup field. <laughs> right? Uh, because yeah, it's a tall cup now. I am six months, so it's a tall cup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're just so blessed to have you in our presence. All right, so uh, I, I don't even want to ask this question because it means we're getting to the end of our episode. Uh, but I have to ask, since okay. our podcast theme for the series is we are all math people, uh, what would you offer to the person who would say, uh, you know, math just isn't my thing. I'm not a math person. Right. Um, So Danny Martin um, came up with uh, or developed his math identity or really kind of spoke to and researched this idea of math identity. And that is the ways in which we see ourselves as knowers and doers of mathematics. And I think a part of cultivating that when I talk with individuals is knowing that mathematics is occurring on micro and macro levels. I think too often people have their own conception of what mathematics is, whether it's algebra or calculus. And they really ignore this idea of if I'm driving down the street and I see gas for 359 and gas for 379, which one am I really going to choose? You have a reason for that. So I think part of what I really try to think about, and not only for themselves to think about, but as they're talking with youth, you know, which gas station would make the most sense, right? Um, if we leave at 10 o'clock and our movie starts at two, what does that even mean? What, should, what are some things that I could consider? Um, or even uh, being more aware of the world around us. I think right now a lot of protests are going on because the living wages are really um, not aligning uh, with the wages that individuals are really earning due to inflation and things of that nature. So I think part of it is really being trying to be as much as possible explicit in the mathematics that may be occurring. Because I think too often critical thinking, problem solving, reasoning, all of those type of mathematical processes that are so important to doing quote unquote school math really kind of gets lost. And a lot of the times when I talk with people and they say, oh, I'm just not good at math, then I would pose questions and they would then realize, oh, what time did you get up today? Why'd you get up at that time? Well, because I got up at seven because I had to be at work at nine. Oh, really? Well, what made you What made you make that decision? And then unpacking like, oh, the mathematics that went into, if I have to be somewhere at nine o'clock and I have an hour of traffic and I have to get ready, that's a, that's mathematics, right? So I think one thing that I call all the, the, the viewers and uh, the listeners to really remember is that we want to be as explicit as possible in the types of mathematical processes that are going on um, around us. Um, and I think that's that brings out the joy and the beauty of mathematics. And I think that's one thing that I hope that the readers really, or the listeners, I'm sorry, um, really take away from them being math people. Yes. Recognize mm-hmm. and celebrate all of that math happening every day. Yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. always calculus and, you know, quadratic formulas and things of that nature. Not to say that's so important in certain fields, but there are other type of processes that I think a lot of us really forget about that we just need that reminder, reminder of. Yeah. Absolutely. 
Well, Dr. Adine, thank you so much for joining us today. I can't tell yeah. you how much we enjoyed the time and how much we're looking forward to hearing from you at the conference too. Um, before we leave, remind us how our listeners can keep up with you and your work. Um, what are good ways for them to get in touch? Right. So Twitter or X, I'm not quite sure what the name is now. Um, so I am on there. Um, uh, Pete Prof underscore Edine uh, L. Uh, you can find me on Facebook um, as well as I have a, a website, loyaleducationalconsulting.com, where you can look at the work that I've been doing, not only with teachers, but school districts and curriculum uh, companies to really think about how we can make mathematics a more equitable space for our brilliant beings of children that, that, that are out there. So again, loyaleducational.com, sorry, loyaleducationalconsulting.com awesome. is the website where you can find me. We'll make sure all of that is in the podcast notes. Perfect. Thank you all so much. You all, y'all are amazing. I just cannot thank you all enough for this conversation. I look forward to continuing the conversation in DC. So hopefully I see you all there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you can hear Dr. Adine this year at the annual conference in Washington, DC on Sunday, October 29th at 2.30 in Potomac Salon Salon 1. Make note. (laughs) We'll be there. (laughs) <laughs> we will be there put it on your calendars thank you so much dr adeen we look forward to hearing so much more from you absolutely thank you all so much again for having me and i look forward to continuing this very important work that we're doing we hope that you have been inspired by this bold mathematics leadership conversation and will tune into our podcast series each month if you enjoyed this episode please share it with others post about it on social media or leave a rating and review. You can learn more about NCSM, Leadership in Mathematics Education, and our upcoming professional learning events on the NCSM website, mathedleadership.org. You can also follow NCSM on Twitter at mathedleaders and using the hashtag NCSMBold. Until next time.